The next case was presented by Dr. Robert Drapkin to Drs. Huddis and Budman. This is a 38-year-old white female who felt a mass in her left breast. She was living in Mexico City at the time, and she had her surgery done in Mexico City. She had a 6-centimeter primary duct carcinoma, 33 positive axillary lymph nodes, and she was her new positive by fish. She's gravitated to paratoabortus zero. She has no family history of breast cancer. I had seen her in between the surgery and the chemotherapy, and she received her adjuvant chemotherapy in Mexico City. She received AC times four, and interestingly enough, Taxotere times four. After her first cycle of chemotherapy, she had no menstrual periods and has continued without any menstrual periods. Upon completion of her adjuvant chemotherapy, I had her come from Mexico and see me. All of her chemotherapy was given in Mexico. I saw her and reevaluate her, and at that time she had a positive bone scan in the left proximal femur, which was positive on MRI, and she also had some abnormalities in her left ribs. I started her on Novadex, Zolidex, Herceptin, and Iridia. Can you comment on the case, Cliff? When was this initial diagnosis? How long ago? It was February 26, 2000. And when did the positive bone scan appear? That was in August of 2001. I see. So okay. presumably it's all it was their diagnosis. But it's also all before the trastuzumab data, right, wasn't right. it? So this is not unlike some of the other cases we've talked about. This is apparently, you didn't say it, but I assume it's ER positive, right? Yeah, oh, she's ER positive. And interestingly enough, 17% ERP positive. So relatively low. And PRP positive at 63%. Yeah. Right. So I would, first off, for a young patient like this, indeed, ablate ovarian function and give first-line hormone therapy. It's bone-dominant somewhat hormone-responsive by staining disease. And it really echoes our earlier discussion. If she progressed early, then you know you have to go on to systemic cytotoxics. I personally wouldn't have started with trastuzumab. There's a complete lack of efficacy data with tamoxifen. But that's, I guess, a style issue at the moment. And I would have certainly thought about a bisphosphonate. Tangentially to this, she's 38 years old. Is she Ashkenazi by any chance? No, she's not. She's actually Hispanic. I'm glad you said that. So there are Mexicans and Mexican natives living in the southwest U.S. who have the 185 deletion AG. And they have it either because Cortez Hunting Party had a Jewish member or because they are the descendants of conversos or they're crypto-Jews who fled the Inquisition in the late 1500s. But there's 185 deletion AGs, which are the pathognomonic finding for Ashkenazi Jews in Mexico. Any other place? That's interesting. Well, in the southwest U.S., there's a clinician who's described this pretty nicely. Fascinating. So can you follow up with the patient? Well, I've continued her on hormone and ovarian ablative therapy and trastuzumab. And after two years, I stopped the bisphosphonate, and she's still on treatment. And her bone scan still shows residual abnormality in the left femur. Dan, would you continue treatment indefinitely? Again, this is a terrible disease. The presentation is tantamount to metastatic disease with 33 positive mm-hmm. nodes. And at this point in time, for a hurt to new positive patient to be stable this far out, I surely would rock the boat. Would you want to see tissue from the bone? I would. I mean, I understand that in many communities that's not done, but we always get tissue and metastatic disease unless it is humanly impossible. I offered this to her, and she prefers to stay on her treatment. Alan, would there be a need to start a hormonal therapy if one were just ablating the ovaries in a premenopausal woman? Could one just do ophorectomy or use a gonadotropin-releasing agonist? 
and not use tamoxifen or an AI. She's on Lupron and Arimidex and Herceptin. That's what she's continuing treatment. Right, but you did start her on tamoxifen? Yes, initially. And you switched her along the way? Because she's had it for five years. Yeah, but she's got stage four breast cancer. She's your working diagnosis, right? So Probably. She probably had it at a time of original. Understood. So the five years of tamoxifen is a balancing of risk and benefit related to endometrial cancer, DVT, and cure for early stage disease. In the metastatic setting, I actually would not look at it the same way at all. There may be a differential effect. I'm not saying you didn't get away with it, but for all you know, this disease that might have been responsive to tamoxifen and not responsive to the AI. And so the switch empirically in the face of responding disease off of an effective therapy to an unknown is something I generally wouldn't do. The risk of endometrial cancer is still very, very low. It's just that the risk-benefit ratio is different in the potentially But the explanation setting. of the yeah. risk of Novodex is that it stimulates the growth of breast cancer after so many years. And I felt that she was a good candidate for... I understand. There's, there's no data for this in stage 4 breast cancer, and I think that that's an averaging effect of five years. There may well be tumors that respond for 30 years to tamoxifen and those that respond six months. But you realize that there was no data on any of her treatment except for the chemotherapy at the time. No, I actually disagree. She has ER-positive breast cancer. She belongs on tamoxifen, and she belonged to having ovarian ablation for her first-line therapy. There also was data for her bisphosphonate. What do we know about duration of tamoxifen? We sort of shut Where? the door in the adjuvant setting. We shut the door on more than five years, and yet there still are two trials out there looking at that. The updated overview analysis, I believe, is going to suggest that longer than five years may actually be optimal. For us in the United States, in the West, this is not such a big thing because we have alternatives, although for our premenopausal patients, it could affect our practice. But it's worth pointing out that for much of the developing world, the inexpensive generic drug tamoxifen may be the most important cancer therapy that they can actually broadly use. And so knowing how to use it right in the adjuvant setting is actually very important. But my question remains, would ophorectomy have been sufficient without doing an additive hormonal therapy at the time of... I would think not. There is randomized data in the metastatic setting of ovarian ablation and tamoxin versus ovarian ablation with a nod given to the combination. URTC data. The ATLAS trial also, I think, is going to be released, and that's the 5 versus 10 years tamoxifen, which very large numbers in Europe, so that we'll have a much better idea. And as far as I know, the concern about agonist activity is all preclinical. It's all mm-hmm. you know, laboratory phenomenon. So we don't really know in humans whether or not there is that agonist activity after five years of adjuvant therapy. And Don McDonough actually worked that out, and it's mutation in the ER that's seen in some cell lines that explain why it becomes an agonist. And, you know, the story is very complex because clearly tamoxifen is a complicated drug. The only thing I'd say about this is I would have actually done a lap BSO at some point. It would have made life easier. Yeah.